on Overthinking It Recap 24. Cold brew coffee. Cold brewing is an artisanal, painstaking process. It'll be done in just under 11 hours. Matt, there are only 12 episodes of this season of 24. Damn it! Some sort of co- active communication tries to take place, but there is something wrong, not necessarily with the content of what is being said, but with the method. The decryption is finding the right words to understand the flight key, and then in turn, what you're hoping to find on the flight key are the right words to explain to the world the thing that you already know. Son, I believe you. From what I can see, no one else does. Jack encodes his message uh, in different ways in order for it to be credible. Like Jack using his gun as a communication device to tell Kate not to come in through the vents. Shooting is a, is a, like a lexical act to yeah. Jack. There is a game plan. Um, it was either <laughs> choreographed or is like mapped out like a football play. Yeah, it's their only <laughs> play. It's blue, blue pinky forty two. It gets downplayed because Jack Bauer is such an awesome character and such a central presence. But there's a way in which twenty four is also like scenes about people next to Jack Bauer. I'm going rogue on this episode. Wait, what? And I'm I'm I've got to go get coffee. All right, I'm I'm out of here. Wow. Um. Well, I guess that was his only play. The following takes place between 3 p.m. and 4 p.m. Welcome to Overthinking It's Recap of 24, Live Another Day. Um, It's about 3 o'clock. We're recording it in real time. So we've been going for about four hours. And uh, Ryan is gone. He left me. I'm all by myself. And um, thank you for listening to us on iTunes. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. Thanks for checking us out on the Overthinking It Recaps feed. Thanks for coming to our website and listening to us there. I'm sorry. I'm just – I'm really despondent. Um, I can't help but think that this was somehow all my responsibility, all my fault. I mean I should have known that with 12 hours of live recapping in a row to do that we would need coffee – I should have foresaw that the cold brew coffee would be something that people would want and that it would take too long to make. And I should have known that when Ryan said he was tired after eating his Chipotle way back at second part of episode one, that it was going to come to this. But I soldier on, undeterred. If I have to do this by myself, then I'll do it by myself. So this episode was characterized, I think, more than anything else by this scene with Margot Al-Harazi talking about how Navid's uh, treason and the punishment that was visited upon Simone having her finger cut off was her responsibility. She took responsibility for it. Somewhat surprisingly, she said it was her fault. And if she had been able, if she'd known what Navid was going to do, then none of it would have happened. And this happens to a lot of characters throughout the episode. It's many, many characters taking responsibility for things owning up to things they've done in the past. In the case of Navarro, putting their asses on the line. And I'm going to put my ass on the line right here, uh, right here in the 24 Overthinking Recap. Wait, what's that? Wait, what? Where's that coming? Uh, what's that? I guess I have one of these on my desk. Uh, hello? Hello? Who's there? Hello? Hello? hello. Hey. Yes, yes, yes. This is Fenzel. Uh, this, this, is, uh, this is Eric. Wait, Eric? Uh, yeah, this is this is Eric calling. Eric, Eric Frieden? Yeah, yes, Eric Frieden. Eric Frieden, who I used to watch every episode of Twenty Four with back when it was on the air the first time. Yes, that, yeah. that's right. And, that's, and we'd gather at your right house, mental. and we and we get like subs, and we get uh, we get fries, and and we'd all make fun of it, and it would be a big party like every week. Yes, exactly. Wow. That that is who this is. <laughs> Eric, I'm so glad to hear your voice. How are you doing? Uh, Fenzel, I'm 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 doing okay. I'm I'm actually calling. Um, I, I felt that uh, I should take responsibility for this. Well, what, and, what, what are you um, talking about? Well, I, I just feel that I, I should let you know that I'm. it's my fault, but I haven't ever subscribed to your podcast or oh. listened to it. Oh. Or um, I, I, I don't mean to – I don't know what you're in the middle of right now. I just felt that I should call. Oh, I was actually doing the world's first real-time recap of 24 Live Another Day. Oh! Yeah, I was doing it with Ryan, you know, the little smart guy with the glasses. But he's gone, and I was just doing it by myself. So you guys are watching 24 this season? Oh, yeah, I haven't haven't talked to you about it. 
without me. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I take full responsibility for it. Okay, well, just so long as you're taking responsibility. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 Eric. Yeah. You watched it too, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Of Do you want to recap it with me? I I mean that would that would be great. You would. This would save. This would. This the countless civilian lives would be saved. All right. All right. If this is what is needed, then I'll. I'll recap this episode. Oh, I appreciate it. I, oh man, that's so that's so great. So, what did you think of this episode? What did you think of uh, three o'clock to four o'clock? Um, well, there was a lot of sitting. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of sitting, and there was a lot of watching computer screens. So, okay. you know, this is kind of the cool down episode of Twenty Four. Kind of the, uh, you know, back in the day in the in the X Men comics where they'd fight villains for a bunch of issues and they play softball. Kind of as like a downtime thing. <laughs> Wait, they would do that in the X Men. They and they would play oh, yeah. softball. They would say <laughs> there would be issues of them playing softball. Mm-hmm. Um, who and, was uh, who was really good at softball? Um, Storm, I believe, was very good. <laughs> uh, but she, she, I think, I think there was some powers involved there. Uh, I believe Wolverine was good, but that's because he's Wolverine, and they, you know, he's he the best has, at what he does, and what he's he the does. best at what he does, and what he does is play third base <laughs> the hot corner indeed yeah so yeah is... so so this is x-men softball 24 is what you're yeah saying. this is x-men softball this is just kind of the bit of a lull uh in terms of the action but mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of important uh you know plot stuff going on here mm-hmm. uh, sure, we, sure sure you know learn a lot of important information and uh people are taking responsibility for for various things yeah see this this i thought was an interesting phenomenon throughout the episode i mean we have the president taking responsibility to the prime minister of what's happening with the drones right, right. um and we have margo taking responsibility we have navarro actually running point in his own operation um right and, and it's uh, a lot of jack bauer of course like talking about what what is his responsibility and what he's taking responsibility for right and, and then ultimately at the very end of the episode we have simone Really interestingly, taking responsibility for the death of Navid, right? By saying nothing, right? Right. Well, see, here's the interesting. You're talking about Margot and, and Simone. Uh, wait, Margot's the mom, right? Yeah, yeah. I was okay. calling the mother and daughter for a while, okay. but I think I, got I, I was honestly just calling her Caitlin Stark. Yeah. Okay. We we were but, doing that too. You could call it okay. that. <laughs> okay. So so the interesting thing is like, you know, okay. So if there was no soundtrack going on. That speech would sound okay. Well, this is a mother being genuine, but like you can hear the music, so you know. So like I'm like, well, this is just sinister. This is just her manipulating Simone. <laughs> so like it's just sort of like Simone's not hearing the music, right? Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> so like she's, you know, I, I just kind of wish like it would make life easier for everyone if there was just a soundtrack to, in, in you know behind us at all times. Like so you could tell what the intent was of people who were talking to you. Right, exactly. Because okay. it's, I felt that was being very manipulative. And that was, <laughs> you know, this is, um, this is the the, just very that. Look, I I will I will say it right now. I am Jewish. Okay. Um, I have a mother who is also Jewish. Okay. Okay. Uh, I am used to a certain degree of maternal guilt. Okay. Sure. To sure. Some degree. Sure. And uh, does she I have felt- like cameras and microphones set up all over your house to listen to your secret conversations with your terrorist husband or Not wife? That I- no. Or what do I know be? of? Uh, not you know. Of, yeah, okay. there there were a lot of just shades of my current situation with my fiance and my mother in this episode. <laughs> wow, it's hitting pretty close to home. A little bit, a little <laughs> bit. I'm just saying. I'm not saying planning a wedding is in any way like orchestrating a massive drone strike on London, mm. but. There are some similarities. Right. Like when you're planning everything and it's all green and then all of a sudden one by one the arrows start turning red to yeah. show the things that you've lost control of. As things. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I was impressed with that interface to some degree. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I guess that's how it works in the Defense Department. I don't know. But hey, like you need a simple way to tell when a drone's under your control and when it's not and – uh there you go. Yeah, I've talked about that on the podcast before. I, I love, I love uh, on the fly custom graphic user, inter- user interface choices. Like yeah. particularly, like uh, if you have a, a screen of a computer of a computer screen and uh, the the like an Independence Day when you're there's a graphics for the alien ships that are like pre-programmed into the system, or somebody had to go in and create like a little sprite that's a model of one of the alien <laughs> ships that well, can show the alien ships. I don't know. I mean, like 
I don't know why they're limiting themselves to just triangles. Right. Like, that could, they could be anything. Like, it could be like a, like a, you know, they could just use emoji for that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just like a smiley face for when it's under their control and then like a frowny face or something for when it's not. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I don't know, two turtles kissing or whatever other weird emojis they want to use for that. I just don't, I don't, I think they are limiting themselves with the triangle. Like right. The red and green triangles. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so, but speaking of all the computer people, what do you think of Adrian Cross and Adrian Cross's organization throughout the throughout the series, but particularly in this episode, as he packs up shop to leave Chloe and move on? I think they realize they are done with that character, and in a as many characters do in twenty four, they just kind of serve their purpose and then move on to never be heard from again. Now, <laughs> I, I mean, you know. Generally in 24, there is, you know, the person who has to oppose said character um, until that no longer serves the plot. And at this point, you know, Chloe's in, so she doesn't need anyone kind of, like, pulling her in the other direction anymore. So Cross goes bye-bye, although, like, one guy stayed behind, right? Uh, perhaps, I think so. I mean, they, they didn't completely finish, right, unpacking yeah. packing up the whole place. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little more. I had a theory that I talked about last week that uh, okay. Cross's decryption key is actually a program to download and disperse a bunch of information on whatever cute computer it's uploaded to. Oh, and so, nice. and that the idea being that uh, Kate is eventually going to put the flight key on the CIA computer and it's going right. to crack the. But then that didn't happen, right? Is that no. this this episode we learn about the uh, we see the. The, the sort of telltale marks of an override uh, code that's been split no, up into various we, parts of the computer. We do code. not see it. One person sees it. <laughs> I'm just like, that. I was like, okay, that's just, I don't, I don't have any words for this. You're, you're like, overwhelmed by the I'm sheer just beauty. Overwhelmed by, okay, so I guess you could just look at that and know. I don't really understand. How the, I know nothing of computers, so maybe that's true. Yeah, I, I, I think that, um, I mean, Please sound off in the comments if you're a listener to the 24 live recaps here at Overthinking It, and you uh, you have in, in, you have uh, experience with computer overrides. And how if they you look. have ever, <laughs> if you have ever just looked at a wall of numbers yeah. for 10, 15 seconds, mm-hmm. and have been able to from that pick out override codes. Right, 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 right. Please Fair enough. chime in. <laughs> Please. Oh, man. I mean, yeah. was there other funny stuff in this episode for you? I didn't oh find it to be God. a particularly... Yeah, what, what's up? What do you guys well, what are you joking okay. about? Well, I mean, there, there, is, there, is, uh, there is Jack and uh, Audrey's uh, reunion in this episode. Yes, there's which... some sentimental forehead cuddling taking place. Yeah, that <laughs> was... That, I mean, I don't know if funny is the right word, but... That was um Well what do you think about it? What was your take, man? I know you're a romantic, so uh Oh yeah, I'm I'm a big Jack and Audrey shipper, that's me. <laughs> um, Wait, who do you ship Jack with if not with Audrey? The Cougars? The the Cougars? <laughs> yeah, from season yeah. two, yeah. <laughs> the, that, his daughter, Kim got in the way. <laughs> between Jack and the Cougars. So no, but what did you what do you think about uh Jack and Audrey in this episode? I mean, it was just sort of like I honestly could not understand half their conversation because they were crying. Oh, well, fair enough. I mean, it was just kind of like, okay, this is happening. And honestly, whenever Jack expresses any kind of human emotion, it kind of ruins the illusion for me. Oh, really? You don't like when Jack gets sentimental? No. Oh, so I love it when Jack gets sentimental. I love, like, the end of that one day where he just cries in his car at the very end of the season. there have been several days. Is there one where he just cries in his car? Because there's the one where he breaks down next to that dude in the hospital. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jack has a lot of these days crying. He's pretty tired. I mean, it's I've only been crying? doing this for a couple hours, like four hours or so, and I'm already pretty exhausted, but I can't yeah, imagine. Yeah, it takes, it takes a lot out of you. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And you have you have not, like, you know, been addicted to heroin or or killed yeah. at one point during the during this so far. This is a good point. This is a good point. Yeah. So then let's say so okay, so what's happening with Jack and Audrey in their scene as it relates to everything else that's happening in this episode? Hmm, what's happening with Jack and Audrey? Well, I mean, Jack also takes responsibility. Yeah, yeah. Cuz he's like, you know, yes, I 
briefly became the Punisher on that last season <laughs> and killed those Russian guys. Right, which was um, glorious when he had on the yes. ninja mask and they had the yeah, machine. when he had the ninja mask and was on the, the limo and Jack Bauer. Oh, I. <laughs> is Logan showing up this time? I hope so. He's I not dead, so. right? He's no, he's, no, yeah. he's alive. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how he'll show up, yeah. but I'm, I'm almost, I'm hoping he will. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it was kind of fun. You know, it was sort of. I don't think it's over between them, but like, it's also kind of like, you know, they like what's his name, uh, doucheface, um, Mark. Mark. Yes. Yes. Was like he, Mark Boudreau. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. was making such an effort to keep Audrey from finding out about Jack and, mm-hmm. you know, and then the president from finding out about Jack. And then it's just kind of like, oh, Jack's here. Like, you know, Audrey and Jack did not immediately just start, you know, doing it on the floor of that place. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's what Mark was expecting to have happened because I don't, you know. And like, yeah, it was sort of like, well, you went through all that effort and now they're just kind of talking yeah. and... You know, the president seems kind of okay with Jack. <laughs> I mean, I had a couple of different I had a couple of different takes on that. One of them is speaking to what you just talked about with Mark, this was the episode where Mark got cleared of being the mole, right? Because we, yes. we weren't sure whether Mark was gonna be a mole or not, because you anybody who frustrates everything that Jack Bauer wants to do is usually right. bad in some way. But they're often also just misled or stupid. Right. right. They no, just like Mark is Mark is just incompetent. Yeah. I think to some degree. Yeah. And yeah, he he's not the mole, he's just incompetent. Yeah, he's the Novak, not the Logan in this, right, in this exactly. season. And exactly. so but here he owns up to his mistake and he brings Jack to the White House himself. Yes. Now, so the other part is it's not the episode isn't just about people taking responsibility for the things that they do. It's about People who take take responsibility for things that they do, but the situation continues moving forward. Like the yes. situation goes on, right? So there is an idea. I think that this is there's always these like sort of little political didactic things that are happening in episodes of twenty four that are often kind yeah. of uncomfortable and I don't particularly agree with, right? So it's sort of like, yeah, we really should torture these guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, you got to do what's necessary, right? And it's sort of like you want to resist that the episode is telling you that that's what they think, but you really yeah. kind of have to be honest and say, yeah. Yeah, that's what they think. So one of the didactic things about this is, uh, okay, if you have leaders who are in the U.S. military or the U.S. government and they have been responsible for war crimes because of things that have happened, right? In this case, it's because the president – there was a drone strike that killed a bunch of children and the president was not made aware of it by Mark in order to insulate him and protect him from any blowback from the crisis. But um, another administration might be expected to say like, resign or you know like have something the idea that it's like oh well these people did all these bad things that they should just stop they should just stop doing what they're doing um but in this episode we see people who uh they take responsibility for doing bad things they know that they've made mistakes but they can't but the day goes on and they can't stop hunting the the margot harazi right they don't have the option um and, and not only that, but it's like Margot Al-Harazi doesn't have the option of kind of abdicating. She's not saying to Simone, like, this is my fault. I screwed it up. We're calling the whole thing off. She's saying, this is my fault. We screwed it up. I'm sorry. Now let's get back to work. Right? Yeah. Um, and there's not I even think, so much. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I think it's the interesting thing about the president being, like, you know, shocked to the degree of, like, we killed kids with those things. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not even the, like, okay, you know. You should know that's there's a chance of that happening in general, but like before he was president, he was secretary of defense. Yes. Like he knew stuff going on in the army. That's like this is okay. So it always bothers me when someone acts when someone is in a position where they shouldn't be acting morally outraged about what an organization or government is doing, Mm -hmm. um, but they do. Uh, this was my main problem with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, where one of the characters who was sort of the, you know, the the new new to the organization, uh, Sky, kept being outraged about, like, what this government organization was doing. And it's like, it's a massive government organization. They do sketchy stuff. And maybe that's just me being cynical, but, like, she should know that. Right. If you are president and a former Secretary of Defense... You shouldn't be this shocked that some kids died. And I know that may sound cold and jaded, but, like, you know, I don't know. Maybe – 
you know, I don't know if like Homeland exists in the 24 universe, but like, you know, you know, that happened on that too. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, like, maybe Heller didn't watch that or, or something. But well, like, it's, it, I mean, I guess on one hand, Heller is outraged that it happened, but he's also really outraged that he wasn't told about it. Yes. As well. I think that's a big contributing factor. Oh, it's, it's both. It's really both. Yeah. Um, it would be easier if it were the latter and not the former because it would make yeah. more sense, but it is definitely both. Heller is a bit of a white knight. He, in fact, it's almost like Heller has been kind of retconned a little bit to be a bit nicer than he was. Yeah. Oh, that might just be, you know, being older and being more of a, more of a, glad-handing presidential sort of politician. He's like late-career John McCain at this point, where he's like yes. kind of a little bit slower and a little bit like more cordial to things and stuff. Um, but yeah, but so yeah, so I, to- I totally buy that he wouldn't necessarily have uh, been shocked and horrified. He might have expressed public shock and horror, yeah. but privately probably not. Um, I felt really bad for that general who was in the room. Oh, jeez. Like, I just like blow it like it's like you were just standing there and there was nothing you could do about the drones mm-hmm. and just like the sense of just impotence yeah. resonating <laughs> from him he was just like i am blowing this yeah. like this is i am out of a job at the end of the day right right like, thankfully is, for him it's gonna be a long day so we can collect yeah. a lot of back a lot of overtime pay before it's done right uh, but yeah it's uh he did a good job of communicating that moment there were a couple of really good minor moments that i thought were great i love the big terrorist guy who comes oh. over and like manhandles navid or he was just like oh so my god yeah I, when he just like started kicking him like <laughs> Like, he really went to town on Navid. He like, really did, yeah. Navid really, really took it this uh, this episode more than once. Yeah, yeah. but oh, but to, to go back to what we were saying before, this yeah. idea that the responsibility happens, and twenty four is saying that we should not quit doing what we're doing because right. of guilt over things that may or may not have been caused by doing the thing that we're doing right right? Uh, it's this idea that well we didn't set out to try to kill children and then that's sort of the thing that that uh mark boudreau says it's like look this is collateral damage this happens and heller's like no we should at least try not to kill children is sort of what he's saying like we shouldn't be okay with it uh might be one thing that that he might say about it yeah but Um, that doesn't mean stop the drones no 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 it's like we should just do droning better (laughs) you know that's kind of a 24 again another way of another bowerian irony as we've expressed we've We've yeah. defined Bowerian irony as uh, the irony of kind of bemoaning or mourning an impossibility or a loss or something that happens yeah. in society, and then like indulging in that thing at the same time, either like textually or metatextually, right? Where either where it's sort of like people are like, "Oh, we can't torture these people; torturing is so wrong," and then you torture them, right? And it's right, like you get these, right. both the pleasure of seeing the forbidden thing and the pleasure of feeling kind of moral continence in the face of the of the forbidden thing, right? Um, in this case, we get that with collateral damage. But the point is that if the episode is about uh, the drama of taking responsibility for something in the midst of an ongoing situation, yeah. it's a way that in which you're confessing does not provide a release, right? You're preventing right. – yeah, you still have tension going. Uh, I mean, this works in a variety of metaphorical ways. Jack confessing to Audrey that this thing has happened, it's yeah. a very intimate act. It's it's a very close... They feel very close when it's happening. And there's the sense that Jack saying it could... This sort of thing could have, like, driven a wedge between them permanently. Yeah. And there's kind of the sense that he almost wished that that's what happened. He kind of wished that if he said that, it meant that she didn't want to be around him anymore. Right. But it turns out that they're just reconciling. And he yeah. doesn't want to reconcile with her because she's married. And they, right. they don't want to make out and whatnot. Um, no. So, yeah. You know, he doesn't ever get involved with married women. Like that, ever. <laughs> How many has it been? Jeez. Um, I can only, at least his sister-in-law, right? Oh, oh, that's right. Well, I was thinking primarily of the drug lord's uh, wife. Oh God, I forgot about her. Yeah, yeah. When when he when she got shot in the back of the f- pickup truck. Yes. When he was trying to get her out of Mexico. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I mean, I just I I don't think like especially because it's Mark. I don't think that's really a deterrent for Jack because Mark is not a deterrent for anyone. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um. But yeah, but he's like, you gotta go, you gotta go. Like he literally, yeah. you get out. You, you you can't stick around, or else they're gonna they're gonna make out, or they're gonna they're like... gonna they're gonna do it right there. <laughs> oh um, man! One other thing I loved about Jack in this episode was the like, 
I, I love the, how he's just like, I have this way of getting her, but I'm not going to tell you because I'm not going to like give you give this guy up because like I'll just wait for you guys to fuck up what you're doing, <laughs> and then I know you will be back for me because that's how things work. Right. That's interesting to consider, too, in the context of this idea of taking responsibility. Jack won't allow anyone else to do this thing. Yeah. Right. Like, like he will not. He 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 won't take responsibility for anyone else taking responsibility for it either. But there's this idea that taking responsibility for a thing also empowers you to be the one that does something about it. Um, I suppose, and that's uh, or it sort of connects you with it. You know, continues its relationship with you. Um, as opposed to with somebody else, where if you were to punt it to somebody else, then right. they might suddenly be the person who's in command of the situation. Uh, and that Jack does not abide that sort of thing. Although the, his rudeness to the president was a bit surprising from somebody who has such reverence for the office. Yeah, it was um, reverence for the o- reverence for the office, and is in you know custody of the the office at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Um, right. You know, and there are armed guys outside the door, and just, yeah, you know, Jack is really a lot less scared in that situation than I thought he would be. No, right. I mean, not scared, but... Rattled? Rattled. Yeah. Very very calm, very... Yeah, I'm just gonna, you know, you. I'll just wait for you guys to fuck up whatever you're doing, and yeah. then, you know, which, you know, always... The, the thing is, like, I think he also... <sighs> There's something about the 24 universe where there's a way things work in every season. Everyone seems to forget that. Okay. Like, like everyone seems to like forget that, you know, okay, maybe eight times before this, at least Jack Bauer has had this crazy idea for something. <laughs> and, you know, it doesn't make sense, but like when we do it the other way, it goes horribly wrong. So like, you know, we, you know, and then he presents it again and it's just like, okay, it's another, you know, like, crazy idea, but we're not going to go with it for some reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's saying, well, you know, I, that when Heller first talked to Jack, yeah. well, when, Hel- when Heller first heard about this last episode, and he's yeah. like, well, I'm not going to do this without talking to him. You can get the sense that Heller remembers the previous days and the consequences of them. But right. then for some reason, he just decides not to believe Jack, uh, right. which doesn't quite make sense, but I guess it's kind of necessary for the way that these stories work. Um, right. But yeah. I mean... One of the things I thought, one of the most interesting characters I'm finding to some degree is the British Prime Minister. Oh, yeah? Because he really seems like someone who, like, you know, we really haven't seen England in this, I don't think we've really seen much of England in the 24 universe, but, like, it is clearly, like, he's clear, like, they are clearly not operating on the same way that the United States does, and, like... It, there just seemed to be several points in this episode where, where Stephen Fry's character was just like, "Are you? Are you? Is this really the shit show you guys are running over there? Like, I can't believe, you know, you just have drones that can go wild and just like all sorts of craziness and just like I don't know. It, it's it's funny like seeing someone who's not used to this like bullshit. Right. right. <laughs> that, that, so so you were getting a lot of chili peppers on this one. Uh so maybe we oh, want to oh, It's that... okay. It's okay. You're a loose cannon. You're going rogue on us, Eric. Actually, I just, look, I do things my way. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to take responsibility for the fact that I have said a lot of curse words, but I'm still going to say a lot of curse words, I guess. <laughs> Well, fair enough, fair enough. I, okay. I, I, sometimes uh, we like to, on overthinking it, designate which podcasts we have use a lot of curse words and which ones don't. If you want to hear all about St. Vincent and uh, um, some rather obscene discussions of the metaphors and symbolism in her songs, I recorded a guest TFT podcast with Ryan this week um, that oh, okay. I thought before he left me. Uh, but no, that, that you can check out. Uh, but all, yeah, no, it's um, the main overthinking podcast. We don't like to curse too much. This one we Got haven't it. established it, so I guess we could go either way okay so um, it's 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 not canon yet i guess i guess i guess not it's guess okay. not. we also did a whole episode of the regular overthinking it podcast where we talked to tim swan have you ever encountered tim swan eric i don't think so uh, he's a sort of a guest contributor overthinking it he's an oxonian uh rather knows him from when he was overseas okay studying, uh so he's met him 
Um, and uh, I think we met him through the site, but rather just hung out with him in person when he was over mm-hmm. there. And he did a whole he did a whole episode on the British perception of what's happening in 24. Uh, I believe oh. he came to the conclusion that there was no reason that any of it needed to be happening in the United Kingdom at all uh, because it was no. – it was only the first episode, but it was uh, all the CIA and all yeah. these Americans running around in Britain doing American things. Um, um, well, I think it's interesting. I think maybe it just needs to happen over there because it has to happen in a place that maybe, maybe it just has to happen in a place where they're not used to it. Because after eight days of this happening in the United States, like you, they've got to be better prepared for this kind of stuff, just logically. Right in the twenty four universe, then then you know yeah then then you know the, like a ninth time in the United States would be ridiculous. There's still a smoldering uh, nuclear crater in the middle of Los Angeles, right? Yeah, there is. <laughs> how how many seasons ago did that happen? <laughs> that was the, was that season seven? I'm not sure. It might have been. Season I don't know. Six. Um, they, was that? I think like they. I may be wrong, and if they if I am, they could correct me in the comments. That may be like when they kind of moved away from California. Mm-hmm. To like, because I know like the later seasons were in like Washington. Yeah, they. I think or they New end York. Up, yeah, yeah, yeah. They move so, around a little bit. So um, maybe that was just California is now a nuclear wasteland. So <laughs> we have to like take the show out of it. Right, right, right. But no, I think I think it is interesting. I mean, so one thing about the pr- prime minister that I notice is when uh, the president mentions to the prime minister that they are sending men into that they think that they've tracked down Margot Al Harazi. The, yeah. the Stephen Fry's character gives sort of like a worried but knowing glance up, uh, which might potentially uh, reinforce the theory from our first recap episode where we we speculated or I speculated that Catelyn Stark and the Prime Minister are working together in some way. Um, Perhaps... I'm just, I don't know. I never thought of that. It seems profoundly unlikely at this point in the series, but it seems yes. more likely when we all only knew of her as somebody in front of a bunch of windows that yes, looked British. That's, that's true. That yeah. That is true. I just... I don't know what his motivation would be at this point for that. Like, why would the prime? What, what does Britain have to gain? Yes, by that. Well, let's let's mention what we know. What, let's talk a little bit about how the um, the plot has expanded a little bit, right? Okay. So there is one new character who's been in, he hasn't been introduced yet, but there's this arms dealer that Jack Bauer knows, right? Um, and the arms dealer supposedly still contacts Margot Al-Harazi from time to time. And right. we don't meet him in this episode yet, right? No. But he seems to be – it seems like we're coming to the close of the first act if this 24 season is also going to have a three-act structure, as right. most 24 seasons do, where you know the first eight episodes are sort of a mini-season. It's, you know, it's the first eight episodes are when you deal with the device, and then the next eight episodes are when you deal with like – some other guy has shown up and he has some critical information and you chase him and there's a bigger mm-hmm. threat. This thing was actually being used for this other purpose the whole time. And then the last eight episodes are when you're chasing the actual big bad who's like right. yeah. your dad or the corporate boss or like the Belarusian um, gas dealers or whatever it is that's happening. Yeah. Um, so it seems like we're kind of coming close to the end of the first act of this season of 24. Well, it's happening kind of fast, but... I think you're right. Well, I mean, it's only 12 episodes and we're, this is yeah. the fifth episode. Right, right, right. Yeah, so I I mean, we should be, if we're going to three-act structure, then, you know, you know, it should be around now. Is it the but fifth? I think it's 11, 12, 1, 2. Yeah, this is the fifth episode. Yeah. yeah. So I do think it's interesting that, like, another aspect of that first act in a lot of seasons is also getting Jack back into a position of authority, mm-hmm. um, which I think is what we're also seeing here. Right. Uh, think, yeah, we've seen that, but we've also seen the rise of Lady Bower. Oh, is that what we're calling uh, Kate? <laughs> well, that's one of the words. We, well, Lady no, Jack, is, Lady Jack is what we were calling her as well. But uh, Lady well, Bower, I know mean, it's that's a great that's a great uh, Lady Bower is good. I mean, she does kind of look like Kim. So yeah, well, we talked about that too. We talked about how she has blonde hair like Jack, and how the characters with different hairstyles are kind of connected to one another or yeah. similar hairstyles. We talked about that in our Game of Thrones recap too, most specifically with regards <laughs> to Jamie and Brienne getting the same haircut in season four. But that's yeah, something for Game of Thrones, that. yeah, indeed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but no. So you were you were mentioning that Jack has a position of authority again, and what do yeah. you see that as meaning for the show? I mean, you know. Of, at one point, it meant you know him being back in charge of aspects of CTU. Mm-hmm. I think now they're just gonna. It's gonna be okay. We don't have any other options here, Jack. Take a team, right? Because why not? 
Right, 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 right. Because um, we right. might, because he's going to bl- pressure everybody into letting him go out in the field again. Yeah. Although exactly. it's also what's also possible because we've seen from the ads, you know, we the big image right that's associated with this is mm-hmm. a, a car with a Union Jack on it, flipped upside down with bullet holes right. in it, and Jack running out of a building, screaming, carrying Chloe, and firing a handgun into the sky, right, or yeah. at, at like a forty-five degree angle at somebody who's up and away from him. So. If we want to extrapolate from that, presumably the drones work. Yeah. Um, like maybe there is it. There is a drone attack on London, and that kind of changes a lot of things, right? Like maybe yes. maybe it does successfully get the president, right? And maybe Jack kind of gets cut loose by the not by the uh, the authorities, but by the explosion. Are you are you implying that the drones are susceptible to a guy with a gun? Yeah, well, I think that Jack might be. Like, might be is trying. that their one weakness? <laughs> Bullets from a revolver. <laughs> Like, they're undetectable by the people who made them. Yes. But if you have a gun, eh, you might have a shot at it. Well, how do you think they can take the drones down? Oh, oh, here's the question. Okay, so yeah. so if we're talking – so that's just one – so we're speculating at this point. Uh, if this is a I, – I don't really like the phrase moving the chess pieces – yeah. As a as a because it all I think the reason the reason I don't like it is that when you actually play chess, moving yeah. the chess pieces is is something that you should be doing like for a very deliberate purpose that for you is right. exciting and makes sense. Whereas when people talk about moving the chess pieces in a show, they're kind of talking about somebody else moving chess pieces, which looks kind of mysterious and it isn't clear what's happening. I think right? when they're talking about that, that is more the again comic book version of moving chess pieces, where like. Doctor Doom will have a chessboard with all the members of the Fantastic Four on oh. it, and just other supervillains, and you know, like that's like yeah, you don't play chess like that. But right, 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 right. In right. the context of like the comic books, and I think in the you know show structure, yeah, cool. That, that's cool. more moving the chess pieces. Right, there. right, right. But if this is a scene which is kind of if this was an episode that was a little bit low on climactic plot elements and a little bit yeah. higher on kind of character development and people kind of taking a breath and repositioning. Yeah. Uh, before then, I guess it's more a character development and people finding their purpose and kind of clearing out emotional arcs. Kind of like uh, uh, I like the I, I really like the metaphor. I use it a lot for various purposes of saying bank in the weakest link. It's where it's like <laughs> all, all the money that you've temporarily made, you now permanently make. So this right. is like when the characters are all like bank, and it's like everything that's happened in my relationships at this point locks in and has really happened. Right? Like Mark is contrite and has figured things out, and things have changed, yeah. and he's different now. He's no longer the mole. We we know for certain bank. Right? And then so that means that new things have to start happening probably next episode. Yeah. And so we speculated about. Um, about the arms dealer being a character who turns out to be important, and we speculated about the drone attack potentially succeeding and how right. that changes the landscape. Although, of course, I wouldn't put it past 24 to have there be an entirely different attack that's the one that Jack is actually right. carrying. It's not actually... The drones are just a distraction. Well, yeah, because what's the other thing that's happening, right? Is that the whole drone fleet has been grounded all over the yeah. world, uh, which is oh. huge, right? Yeah, that is. that would be some, like... That would be some really, like, Byzantine stuff going on there. <laughs> like if, uh, if France wanted to invade Britain. Oh and- <laughs> my god, that would be fantastic. That would be fantastic if it just cuts to the end of the next episode. And it's like, you know, mysterious phone picks up, you know, president of France on the end of the line. <laughs> just like, My okay. boats are halfway across the channel and you will he, never he find is, them. Uh, by the way, he is dressed like Napoleon. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, because... <laughs> We have to know he's the president of France, and also I'd imagine that if someone was like, "I am," if a French president was going to try and take England, he would dress like Napoleon. Of course, I think yeah. I think it's it, it just it makes perfect sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, but this idea that is the threat going to be the drone attack, which has to happen soon if it's going to happen. Uh, but I get, or is, is it is it something that's sort of an escalation of the drone attack, like the drones still being in the sky, having right. other orders? Ha- are they going to try to hit a nuclear facility, like was implied in this episode? Right. Or are is the device going to be used for something else? Is there going to be what I'm basically asking is, is there going to be a linear uh, acceleration of this plot? Is the second act going to be kind of a heightening of the drone plot, or is it going to be, hey, because the drones weren't around, the secret conspiracy was able to do this? Which yeah. it's just been waiting for its moment, and Margot Al-Harazi didn't know she had anything to do with this. But all of a sudden, you know, because the U.S. drone fleet is grounded, you know, maybe it's going to involve Russia and the Ukraine or something like that. Oh right? no! Well, I I wouldn't be shocked. Well, the thing is, if it involves Russia, 
Um, that, I guess, kind of exonerates Jack, then, from killing some of their guys, maybe? <laughs> it's like the logic of 24. Well, the, tw- the Russians were kind of shady throughout most of 24, but I guess those guys didn't deserve to die. Um, I don't honestly know. I don't remember what happened. I just remember <laughs> he walked into that office, and then <laughs> yeah, he something shot, happened. Yeah, he shot a bunch of guys. Jack has yeah. killed a lot of people. Um, but we also talked about uh, 24 Underground, the comic book that came out. Oh, uh, I, I have I, not read this. I wrote a review of it for the site. Um, they actually provided a review copy. It was very nice of them. Oh, of the first of the first issue. Okay, and it's a four part series, and no doubt the rest of it is out by now, or or almost mm-hmm. out by now. And it involves Jack dealing with the Ukrainian criminal underground. Uh, oh. that's where he was, and that's why his oh. buddy is Serbian. Uh, his buddy who is uh, who tells oh yeah so there is a guy who's who's no, no, the, the guy who stays behind who's Jack's Serbian buddy. He's right. the one who let make sure that Adrian Cross leaves lets Chloe work with Kim uh, with Kim with Kate. Jeez. Kate. Kate, yeah, I, definitely. Um It's Kim Kim also works, let's be fair. Man, I I you know, we're jumping a lot from topic to topic cuz I'm just so excited that I yeah. I was so prepared to do this whole episode by myself and I'm so excited that you're on. I'm I'm glad I could call in. Yeah, it's call. really it's and that's a pretty cool uh it's a pretty cool uh connection you got there. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty good. All right, um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's very it's very. You're you're lucky. I called in on uh, you know for the first time uh, on on uh, Skype. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> ever. To, uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's all good. It's all good. Okay, so so we've talked about. Um, the escalation that could potentially happen, a different, a bunch of different ways it could happen. You know, Heller could die. We don't know who the vice president is. Uh, there's about a well, two-thirds it, chance. What's up? It could, it could be Logan again. It could be. <laughs> that would be very unlikely, but it's possible. But there's about a, a two out of three chance that the vice president in any given season of 24 is villainous or complicit with right. the villain, right? Um, and, not, and Logan is the, vi- the villain in, in multiple seasons of 24 as the vice yeah. president. Um, but... The point being that um, one other big relationship that seems to be emerging is Kate working with Chloe. Right? Yeah, and that's that's the when I say Lady Lady Bower, Lady Jack. Um, yeah. I mean I don't, I'm not meaning to sort of feminize him. That that's that's remarkable, not because she's a lady, but because she's a Jack. Well, no, because she has like the crazy hunches. Yeah, like Jack has a unique power in the 24 universe to discern um you know when something doesn't seem right that no one else really seems to have like i've always wanted to do a piece for overthinking comparing jack bauer to john mcclane and die hard mm-hmm. uh where they both just have this intuition of like for some reason they know they're like okay that terrorist isn't really meaning what he's saying or something's fishy about this lead uh and you know uh, kate demonstrates that in this episode right 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 whereas right, yeah. everyone else is like oh we got the address Okay, I guess we're just, you know, lucky. Let's go with it. <laughs> uh, Kate was like, no, that doesn't seem plausible at all. <laughs> Maybe there's something up. Right, right, right. Uh, and, of course, she gets them out. Now, do we know who survived the attack? We know we know Chris from The Wire survived the attack. Oh, is that Chris from The Wire? Yeah, that's Chris from The Wire. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I didn't recognize him. I know. He's cut his hair. Yeah. Um, and Snoop's um, not around, so it's harder to recognize it. Do we know yeah. if Navarro is still alive? Um, no, but I'm going to assume that he is because he's Benjamin Bratt. Right. Uh, I'm, I don't know. I'm just, he's he's the, a big name. Uh, although, to be fair, like, he is the position of authority and, you know, that could mean that, that, that him not being alive would allow for the sort of chaos in the structure that would get Jack back in the field. Right, right, right. So, I, I, um, I've been, I'm looking also at, uh... At the Guardian, I, I read the other recaps sometimes to see what other yeah. people are saying about it. And the Guardian also calls Kate Lady Bauer. Okay, um, so I guess it's not just me. And of course, the UK would know the best because this is set there. Right. Um, they, they, <laughs> they, one of their notes is: This is an episode set in London between 3 p.m. and 4 p.m. The fact that nobody had to battle through a horde of schoolgirls snapchatting each other outside a branch of Chicken Cottage might be the show's least realistic moment so far. Yeah, I never really, I never really thought about like the the whole. Uh... The whole like time thing in London, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. What things happen at what time of day? We already yeah. saw one cup of tea. We saw Simone get a cup of tea from Margot Al Harazi, right? So, right. Um, but that was after. Was that this episode? Or no, no, that was that last was... episode. That okay, was early. Was... It was early. Okay, it was that like was early. two. It was like two thirty, and she's yeah, like, "Oh, it's that's... tea time." 
Okay, because uh, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if like tea is the proper thing to do when you cut your daughter's finger off. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it wasn't her pinky. Was it her pinky? Because then it's perfect because she doesn't have to lift it. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that that, uh, that a, actually, that's a pretty dark British joke if it's like, lift your pinky. I'm going to hammer it off with this oh, chisel. Oh, God. But okay, so, but the point is, back to, back to Kate. So, yeah. so Kate is, we've speculated a couple times on the recaps who Kate is going to end up working with. My personal thought was that she was going to end up working with Navid. Obviously, that turned, didn't turn out to be no, correct. That... Most of my predictions are totally wrong, um, okay. which is totally fine, which means the show is surprising me, which is great, considering yeah. the show is still manages to be entirely cliche and entirely surprising at the same time is a pretty <laughs> right. remarkable achievement. Yeah. Um, but so now Kate is working with Chloe, and yeah. uh, and one would guess that they might continue to work together in the future for at least oh, a little I think while. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think so, because, um, like, yeah. Well, I mean, um, until Jack is like back in any position of authority, you know, of being in the field. Yeah, I think like Kate's, uh, you know, Chloe is, you know, Kate, yeah, Kate's Chloe's only connection. Right, right, right. So the question then is, as Kate becomes more and more like Jack, she she told Jack last episode that something was his only play. Using, yes, and we speculated that this was standard language, apparently in uh, very in like multi-agency slang to discuss <laughs> to discuss uh, choices that you make in crisis situations in this manner. Yeah. But she's been adopting more and more of Jack's mannerisms. Mm-hmm. Is Jack going to die and be replaced by Kate? Um, I, I don't know. Wasn't there a theory about that with um, someone else uh, a couple seasons ago? Renee Walker. Yes, Renee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She became more and more like Jack. Maybe. Hmm. Um, I don't. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine them wanting to get rid of of uh, Keith Kiefer Sutherland. Uh, but yeah, no, they wouldn't keep. They couldn't possibly keep doing the show. But they could potentially end the show. They could yeah. end it with Jack. Like they could end. They could end this season with Jack dying potentially. Um, yeah. They could also. They could also. Uh, I'd heard some talk. Somewhere, and we discussed this a little bit about potentially putting a time skip into the season at some point, so oh, that think- it's so that it's still twenty four hours, and maybe it jumps a bunch of hours because somebody goes unconscious or something. Um, well, that would be pretty cool. Although it would be, it would be, it would be funny. That would be great if the drone strike happened during that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. If it's like, oh no, the drone strike happens, and then like. 12 hours later we come or, back and we see what's what's been going on or like um, or throw something else in there that happens in the middle yeah like, yeah like maybe the french invasion happens in that gap <laughs> yes maybe the, that's one <laughs> then of the french... we are just in occupied britain yep. for the rest of the time <laughs> we don't get to see it no nope. but it's there indeed indeed um i mean yeah i'm just trying to go through all of the other all the other stuff about this episode there yeah. it doesn't seem to be too content dense in certain no. ways. There's just a lot of meaningful character moments. What about the programmer who really likes Kate, who has the crush on Kate? Oh, yeah, who I mean, he is there. Well, these I'm just I'm pointing out like little threads that could potentially become bigger threads later. Um I mean, we haven't even had any impl- any implication at all that there is a mole. There doesn't seem but... to be any leaking of intelligence, but there's always a mole. There's always somebody who's working but... for the terrorists or working for the bad guys, right? Like yeah, well, you know, maybe this time, like, there isn't a ball. Maybe. That would be the biggest twist of them all. I mean, you know, maybe this is the one... I, I just, I don't see there... There's no reason for there to be a mole. Yeah, not like, in this story just, so far. I don't under... Yeah, I don't know. I just don't think there is. And, like, you know, I mean, granted, he was kind of the guy who was like, yeah, sure, that address looks legitimate, yeah. so maybe he is. Yeah. And, but, of course, and the the only thing, the other thing that we don't have any of yet... Is we have no MI6 agents or MI5 agents. No. Uh, and it seems unlikely that they'll go an entire season of 24 without introducing an MI5 or MI6 it be, agent. It would actually be awesome if they could get people from the, the show MI5. Oh, and, yeah. And have you ever seen MI5? No, no, I never have. You should watch MI5. It is, it's the British 24. It yeah. is... Um, it is ridiculous. It's funny because, uh, yeah, Tim Swan mentioned the same thing in his yeah. Anglo-centric Overthinking It podcast appearance. But yeah. he also mentioned that the show is called Spooks in Britain. Uh, yeah. And they don't call it here because the term is racist, which is pretty funny. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah when you think about it. Um, but, but yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I'm trying to think of other stuff. I yeah. mean, of course, there is Naveed. Poor, poor Naveed. Naveed's story has come to an end. 
Yes. Um, yeah, and, and Simone. I, were you surprised that Simone assented to Naveed's death so no. so calmly? No, you weren't surprised. No, because no. like because you know when they they had the crazy music going on with her eyes. Yeah. Uh, again, the background music kind of indicated what was going on in her head. I think to some degree, and if Naveed saw that, he might be like, okay. I am screwed. Yeah. Uh, when he heard the music going on, mm-hmm. uh, but no, I'm not surprised at all because it's just you know kind of standard twenty four villain you know fair. Yeah. The, the other thing we know about Naveed is that he buried something underneath the floorboards of Margot Al Harazi's house. Oh right. Uh, right. I mean, I've been I've just been picking these little pieces of information up. Like we know that in the episode after next. Right. So yeah. in the five o'clock to six o'clock episode at five thirty, there's going to be a shipment that comes to the house <laughs> and Wait. that uh, and or, or a run and somebody would be able to get into or out of the house at uh, that time at that time. Right. So that that's one. It's like it's like Maniac Mansion. It's like, OK, that needs to happen <laughs> at that moment. Uh, we also know that there is secret. There was we do we knew there was secret evidence that was planted in the video, but of course that's been covered up. But we also right. we do know that there's proof of what Margot has been doing that is inside of the house. And then the question right. is, I guess what will uh will Kate find that, and then Kate will be able to extrapolate the next thing that's happening, um, or will Jack oh. find it, or um or something or like that? Yeah, or or is this just something that will be lost and gone forever? Yeah, I suppose. I guess these things. Are lost like tears and rain sometimes. Yes, tears and rains are Muslim boys who are handed over to the authorities and never heard from again. Who is that? I don't remember. Like, remember the terror family from one season? Yeah, with Farouk. Yeah, yeah. Is it Farouk who's just like gets handed over to the authorities and we're just like, okay, like you're sorry, sorry, your parents are dead, kid. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hope hope you don't hate the U.S. too much and uh, comes back to bite us. Oh jeez, yeah, that's yeah. pretty. It's funny because I just googled Farouk twenty four, yeah, and it's like no, it's a bunch of actual real people named Farouk, oh. and then, like their twenty fourth video in their video series. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, but yeah, was you it know that it was that, Farouk, right? Yeah, I think that's what I it was. I think it's Farouk. I mean, yeah. like you know, maybe that wasn't the the plot thread to talk about being dropped, but you know. Well, I mean, you know, it, I mean that was an interesting one because the mom was that was another story where yeah. there was a mom terrorist. Yes. And the question was, are your response – because, of course, 24 has this big conservative streak in it. And I think yeah. this is – again, this ties back into what this episode is about, which is – and it's wrestling with – a lot of this episode of 24 is, is – or this season of 24 is wrestling not with the historical legacy of the War on Terror, yeah. but the sense to which the War on Terror is over. Uh, yeah. Or or has changed in some way, and not wanting it to be over, and not wanting it to change. This sort of, and also not particularly wanting the political energy that the war and terror afforded people, not wanting yeah. that political energy to go away. Like still having there be enough public support for global anti-terrorist operations for right. Jack Bauer to pretty much do whatever he wants, and that's yeah. kind of like the fantasy, the the power fantasy of the sort of decisive high tech actor who is just highly knowledgeable and highly caffeinated or what have you, and is right, able to go right, around and right. do all these things but that was another and then of course part of its conservative stripe i'm talking about here is it's a plot line in several different seasons of 24 what will this mother do there's a mother figure and she has a particular allegiance or circumstance and how much will she deviate from her core mission of being a mother in order to do this other thing that's expected of her like farouk's mom who uh you thought maybe wasn't in league with her husband, the terrorist. Yeah. Um, but was, and, but like you secretly was, um, and, uh, well, not even secretly was, but like he was, she was more loyal to him than we thought. She was just scared because he was going to kill Farouk. Uh, and she wanted to protect Farouk. So that's, um, that, that was, um, and that was another, in this situation, it's like, okay, Catelyn Stark is a mother. How much is she going to deviate from what's expected of being a mother? We've learned, you know, absolutely. She will deviate 100%. Oh, no. She, she deviated, like, almost immediately. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. Exactly. Like, I mean, like, she is just, like, off the, the deep end. Right. In right, terms right. of, like, you know, they killed kids with a drone, therefore everyone is, like, you know, a justified victim. Right, right, right. Oh, um, I'm just yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about because this season of 24, most of the characters in this season 
don't have other relationships. <laughs> like they don't have no. other. I mean, we have Audrey and we have we have Audrey, Mark, and, and the president, mm-hmm. who all have relationships with each other and with Jack. But right. all of the intelligence people, Navarro, mm-hmm. Chris from the Wire, Kate has her husband, who's sort of been mentioned a lot, and as as this her- traitor who hasn't come around and done anything or. Well, her husband's dead. I thought. Yeah, I thought he was dead. I mean, but it, it would make perfect sense for him to come back. Uh, but it's just it doesn't. And um, and then the prime minister, no. Yeah. A basher, you know, like the Al Harazis, they don't particularly care about their families. None of the no. other with Navid gone. There's there's Al Harazi's son who could be somebody meaningful. Like he might, like maybe Margot Al Harazi gets killed and the son ends up being the real yeah. bad guy or the son ends up working with, you know, the Eastern European ga- natural gas vendors or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I'm just, I'm just thinking about like what other human emotions can uh, conflict with the need to continue to fight this terrorist plot. Um, and, and that's kind of um, yeah, the main source of drama in 24 um, is this idea of the, the interpersonal relationships providing energy for the conflicts that are on a global and geopolitical scale. Right. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I think, I mean, I honestly think we're going to go back to the, the whole, you know, uh, Jack and Audrey thing. And I think, um, yeah, I, I don't know. In terms of Ian, I have no idea what's going to, you know, happen yeah. with him. Yeah. I, I, I do like that. I, I'm not sure if like learning how to pilot the drones is incredibly difficult or incredibly easy. Um, like, cause it seemed incredibly difficult because only Navid could do it, but at the same time, Ian could just kind of watch him and figure it out. I don't really believe that that's possible. Um, yeah, I, I was a little confused by that. I mean, the main things that, the one I can think of is the main things that would be difficult about piloting the drones would be, um, maintaining their aerial stability, right? And yep. like having them not stall, uh, recognizing if they are at the wrong altitude or their airspeed falls below a certain critical. Yeah. Basically, the things that a pilot would be watching if a plane were on autopilot. Right. Um, the things that Navid would be watching in piloting the drones, even if he's not piloting them manually. And it's like yeah. landing the Top Gun plane on the aircraft carrier at the NES Top Gun game. Did yeah, you ever play gonna... that? Uh, no, I played Pilot Wings, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm a little familiar. If the drones are anything like, you know... The old tiny airplanes. <laughs> then I then I I see your I see your analogy perfectly. Right, right. Uh, yeah. But, so, um, so, so, but yeah. But it's that there are difficult things to do when you're flying in an airplane. Yes. Uh, and uh, or any sort of aircraft. Uh, and so you know, like setting them up to circle things. Okay, we want this aircraft to go here. You know, how, what's the most economical route? How much fuel does it have left? Because it's not going to be straight because the Earth is curved, like right. that sort of thing. Right, navigating so, and stuff. Right. I mean, there's another, I mean, also, well, there's the thing, these are drones, and there's always people saying that, like, oh, you know, kids playing video games, you know, it's basically, like, a way to learn how to use these things. Right, right, right. So, I don't know, maybe Navid is just really good at, like, Wolfenstein or something. I don't, I don't, <laughs> what, what, what do the kids play these days? I don't know. They play, there's a new Wolfenstein game coming out, actually. I know there's a new Wolfenstein, <laughs> but I don't know. They if play Titanfall, kids... I think. Don't they play Titanfall? Titanfall? I guess. Oh, I like to just. I think he's just really great at Saints Row Four. Oh. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Saints Row Four, and just you know, yeah, he's and just... and that he has the skills, and therefore could pilot the drones. I thought you were going to say pay the bills, because um, no, he does. I, well, he might have had the skills to pay the bills. It seems like but, the bills are being paid by a, a trust, an old money trust of some kind. living in a nice mansion. Yeah. <laughs> what bills does he have to pay? Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess what? Is there anything else this episode? I'm surprised that I'm finding it a little bit hard to find things to talk about in this episode because I felt pretty engaged yeah. with the, the sort of minute complexity of the moments as they were occurring. Yeah, um, I think there was a lot, you know that it's there there's only so much there i guess you know to each of these moments yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you know but i think we're done so all really? right so let me, well let me get back to the x-men uh so, oh okay cool right so kitty pride <laughs> often played catcher uh, <laughs> well that's good, hilarious she could um you know it could just phase through her um i believe uh you you would often have uh the beast you know somewhere in the outfield because you could hop it back um and for the brief time when the Juggernaut was on the X Men, he would uh, wait. Hold on, someone's here. Wait, what? 
Someone's here. Hold on. Hold yeah, Eric, on. you know the Juggernaut is my favorite X Men character. You gotta I, tell I know, me. I know, I know. Hold on. I gotta just. Hello? 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 No. No. Wait, Eric? No. No. Ah! Eric! Eric! Damn it! Oh hey Pete, hey I'm back. Uh, as you can hear, I'm I'm feeling pretty great. I uh, I had one coffee uh, at the coffee shop, and I have a uh, a soy latte and a iced frappuccino, uh, frappuccino. Which would you prefer? One of them's for me. Oh, um, I mean I, I could have both of them. We're going for a while. No, 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 no. I, I'd love to have the soy latte. Actually, that would uh, that would All be right. great. Awesome. Because um, um, I think I might have just lost a very dear friend of mine. I guess it wasn't a silent clock, so I guess he's still alive. Oh, that's good. (laughs) 